My name is Aram. Welcome back to God's Fall. God's Fall is a custom Dungeons & Dragons game that is played and recorded in Washington, D.C. and written and produced in Chicago. Hello, my name is Joe. I am playing Lord Haldir Loran, a level 5 High Elf Warlock. Last time on God's Fall. You've been at sea for several days now, and you are heading directly towards Ani, and you are heading there to pick, basically pick up the corpse of your brother. I mean, there's a lot of other, you know, matters of state thing you have to do while you're there, but you're there to go get the corpse of your brother, who was killed tragically during the Wallite uprising. Now, you are on one of three of these elven ships, and they are gorgeous ironwood vessels with these large ivory sails, and on these sails is the sword and shield of Ryland. These ships are the last of their line. They, you can't make any more. They are grown as much as they are built. The single mast that holds up all the triangular sails is living. It's fused to the deck through its roots. And you can see as like the wind shifts, it actually kind of sways with the wind. It bends and moves in ways that other ships simply couldn't. You're walking through the halls of your ship and you're heading towards the chambers of Enere. And Enere is also very well known as, well, she's your grandmother and she is the matriarch of your house line. She is known affectionately to you all as Mother Aster. Ah, <sighs> it has been tiring for your grandmother. I do wish we could find some more permanent alliances during our time in Ani. What have you heard of the queen ship there? Well, it seems that she is a queen without a partner. The two doves, as they have been known, are no more. Only one remains on the throne. And it is the one without the official line, which does make things interesting. Do you think she has vulnerabilities? If she had vulnerabilities, that time may have passed. And I will be waiting for them, like, ickily next to the corpse yeah. as I, like, tend to him so he is properly, you know, seen. So just there's... very, I, I can just see this very stern scene where you're all in proper, you know, mourning attire. And you yeah. have your servants in mourning attire around you and you're all in the mausoleum and everyone is, like, at their best. Because they're not used to the queen being down. So everyone, right. all the torches are lit real, real hastily and everyone's right. running around. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like standing vigil and looking sad. Yeah, with long shadows. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Flames mm -hmm. casting shadows. And this, the camera just kind of pulls into the flickering flames in your eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like a blank wall. Blank. I'm gonna push a little harder on him just <laughs> sure. to make sure that I did not. First 30 seconds, you kind of wave over everyone, right? Yeah. Is yeah. this is this while I'm walking up, or have I while stopped you're being in front introduced? Of okay. Yeah. And I meet her gaze directly in her eyes. Uh, oh well, that's definitely not gonna work because I rolled a six. You feel like there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to read him. Yeah. And you feel like you can touch, in fact, you don't even feel like you can get to him. Like you can just touch the outside edges and there is just something, not so much blocking you, as just like 
avoid, adoid. <laughs> avoid, like, like erasing him. You gather the idea of a single flame within your mind and just focus on that flame for a moment. And as you focus on that flame, your heartbeat beats along with it. And as your heart beats, the flame just kind of doo -doo, doo -doo, until there's nothing but you and the flame and your heartbeat. And then it's met by another in the darkness. And they both light and they both begin to beat at the same time. And once they sink, you feel the connection. Inform, inform, inform me immediately, immediately if Sirena is seen in your city. You've never actually met this individual. You've just been connected with them. And the voice that comes back says, no sign of the queen or her party will stay alert. I'd like you to do something for me. Yes, sir. And I will pay you for it. I will pay you well. Yes, sir. I'd like you to hit me. If you do not hit me, I will have your mother and your father killed on the streets of Ryland. Please, sir. No. Hit me. Please, sir. He swings at you. Okay. Um, I'd like to try and block it. Okay, well, he gets a four. So he rears back and swings at you as hard as you can, but you easily like reach forward and you grab his arm before he's even really able to cock it. So you catch it a good four inches behind his right ear. You dare to raise your fist to how dear Loran? I'm, I'm sorry, sir, I'm sorry. And I cock my fist back and I punch him as hard as I can in his face. Roll it, He's not wearing any armor <laughs> and he is not trying to move. You crack him in the face, he stumbles backwards. He has his hands up. He's like, sir, I'm so, and he actually gets on his knees. Um, and I say, you dare run from me? And I kick him in the face. Roll the hit. And there's like, like this wet smack. You know what I mean? That like hard crack of flesh against a flesh as you just crack him in the face. Blood shoots out from his shattered nose as he's launched backwards. His face is like on the floor. And so at this point, I'm a little out of breath. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I straighten myself out and I walk over to a table and I pull out a bag of silver and I throw it at him. It's like lands kind of like, like smacks him in the face and rolls off. So I open the door uh, and I call one of the servants one of the servants over. One's over. I say, Vesson had an unfortunate accident. Remove him. Done, sir. And they rush in and they roughly pick him up and drag him out of your room. And as they do, two people run in and they're wiping the floor with blood. There's literally someone on their knees wiping blood off your foot. I walk to whatever place I refresh myself mm -hmm. and, I, and I wash off my knuckles okay. and I wash off my hands. You go to the same basin, right? Mm -hmm. And your knuckles are bruised and bloodied. There's two places where they're just split wide open where like the edge of his tooth is just cut into you. You place them in the water and blood just fills the basin and this darkness comes up in tendrils and just seems to swallow the blood, seep into your wounds, the bruising, the swelling, everything just vanishes as this dark smoke just vanishes inside your wounds and you're fully healed and fully rested. Your older brother, Lord Haustos, has just finished kicking the shit out of you. This is something he does not like super regular. Even he has to abide by a certain decorum, but he can get away with shit because he is 
the golden boy. He's the you know the, he's the head of he's the first he's he's the firstborn. He's the head of this elite Rylindian military unit. Now you're nothing to sneeze at yourself. You are the greatest magical adept they have seen in years. This is before the breaking of the world. This is where magical institutions are fully engaged and Ryland is like the height of magical learning in the five kingdoms. And you are the top of your class. They expect a lot from you. And it's part of the reason you think your grandmother has shown so much attention to you. She always did. She always liked you. You were clearly her the the favorite, but she's been showing a lot more attention to you recently, a lot more direct attention, talking to you more, inviting you over more. And right now, you're in fact sitting in her uh, pat. Well, it's not really a patio; it's like a study. So, in her house, in her manor, her manor yeah. consists of like a main tower yep. of stone, and then two wings that go off on either on either side of that stone tower. So you enter through the stone tower and it's open to the sky above. It goes about six stories up, 100 feet wide, perfectly circular, and just goes straight up and opens up above you. And there's like balconies lined all around it, looking up. So, so the house basically surrounds this entire area. And there's uh, couches and asters everywhere just growing everywhere hanging from from chain pots and there's also trees growing up so it's, it's very much a little uh it's like a perfect garden but she uses it as her main study as well so you're sitting there on a wrought iron bench with a very nice pillow having the shit kicked out of you waiting to see your grandmother uh, i'm currently having the shit no you out. had the shit oh, kicked out this is like happened like maybe half an hour ago your face is swollen your side aches, uh, your, your, he wrenched your shoulder back and almost out of socket, so there's a lot of pain in your right side right, right now. And then a pair of arched wrought iron doors swing open, and you stand to greet your grandmother as pain fires through your right side. Your brother clearly cracked at least one rib this time as well. This is the worst beating he's ever given you. You've looked better, my dear. She deadpans as she strides in, and a pair of servants kind of sweep out from behind her, poor T, and then one runs right to your side. Both of them are uh, wild elves. Uh, they're definitely from the Ironwood, and they are applying uh, kind of like a blue shimmering paste to you. So where there's cuts, they're applying it. She pulls your arm up and undresses you and is coating your ribs with it. It's searing and you, you know, still, but it's then instantly cooling. And it's magical. That Again, this is a, a point where magic still exists in the world. So as soon as it's applied, she kind of sinks her fingertips into it and you see them glow and you feel a warmth spread through your, your body as she whispers in Elven and Cass, basically cure wounds on you. And you heal and then she's wiping gel away. And as she's doing this, you know, uh, your grandmother continues to talk. She takes a cup of tea, hands it to you, and she wants to know how your studies are going. My, stu my studies are going, uh, are going very well and they would be going even better if it wasn't for the, the accidents that keep, they keep happening, the training accidents that, that uh, seem to keep happening when my brother's around. So uh, you haven't told her yet. Okay. Whether you want to tell her or not is up to you. Um, I, are you covering? Are you ashamed of it? Like, how do you ashamed, think your character feels? I'm not ashamed of it necessarily. I think it'd be probably inappropriate to, you know, imply any sort of fault uh, 
that's true to my older brother because he is the golden boy right unfortunately so I, I yes that's true I, I i would want to tell her and want to kind of slide it in but i, I don't know that it would be yeah it would okay. be my place to say something outright. So you kind of hide it under training accidents. Yeah. I like that. Be a right. coward about it, right? I said, oh, well, that is unfortunate. It is amazing how many accidents happen during your studies. And she pulls a, another cup of tea and hands it to you. And she kind of, you know, takes a look at your arm. And she's like, well, I suppose that's not too terrible. But you were telling me your studies have gone well. Yes, of course. I'm the top of my class, as I should be. My studies are going very well, exceptionally well. I have heard of that. We're all quite proud. Thank you. Yes, of course. It is a shame that your powers grow, yet they can't quite defend you from some of these accidents. Of course, you're limited in what magic you're allowed to cast, right? Right, 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 right now. And certainly no one can anticipate an accident, but perhaps we'll learn more soon. And she stands and she kind of gestures behind her, uh, the servants open the doors behind her and she puts her arm out for you to take her arm. And I stand and I, of course, take her arm. And she curves it in hers and she pats your arm and she starts to walk you up and around this winding stone staircase that goes around that center column. And the whole time she's walking up, she's talking to you about the importance of your studies and how well you're doing and how proud the council is and how there'll be more tests soon in the future. But for now, you should just focus on what you're learning. And you get up to her top garden. And the roof along this in the entire both wings has been basically turned into a huge outdoor patio. There's giant weeping willows that are fed through troves of water that somehow bubble up from seemingly nowhere because weeping willows suck a huge amount of, of water and there's all these swaying thick branches that form kind of this natural canopy in the center with these white ivory flowers and you kind of part your way into them as you step in and there's already been set up tea and everything up there. So she walks you through this area. So you basically walk right past the tee. She parts the branches again at the end and you end up at the edge kind of overlooking a balcony and you're overlooking the edge of Ryland. Ryland's built on the side of a mountain and there's just sea and ocean and then somewhere beyond Ani lies and it's a clear, gorgeous day and the wind whips and it's just, it's, 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 it's always an amazing view. You were, you, you were very, very small when you first saw it. Your little hands would be on the wrought iron bars with your face pressed, you know, and now you can look out upon all this grandeur. And every time you see it, it, it fills you with a certain um, sense of responsibility about your home. You think about your position. And even though you're the second born, you still have a lot of weight on your shoulders. So you're listening to her, right? And then she gestures to the left and you see your brother. And your brother is on this large, open, grassy field, and he's training a couple other knights. And even though he's a couple hundred feet away, he looks up and meets your gaze. D20 plus constitution, sir. A 17 uh, plus 2, 19. You feel your body want to flinch. You feel it want to, you know, pull away. But you just hold still, and you, you, and you, and you, and you stare him right back down. Even with that, you feel that your grandmother saw the slightest bit of hesitation. And she takes your arm again and she turns around and she's again going on and on about, you know, your responsibilities and how proud we are. And as she leads you back into this canopy where it pretty much shields you 
from the outside completely. You're, you're in a very private world here. She sits down and she's like, your brother's training goes equally well, doesn't it? My brother is very skilled, yes, of course. You know he'll never stop, right? Never stop? He'll never stop beating you. He enjoys it. He seems to enjoy it quite a lot, actually. I believe it gives him a certain thrill. But he will never stop beating you, and one day he will kill you. He will never kill me. Mm. It's not like I haven't seen this before, my dear. Why do you think your youngest brother ran off to our knee in the first place? You'll have to stop him, or he will kill you. <sighs> Grandmother. I kind of look away, and I'm surprised at this point as well that she knows, or and I'm, it's it's useless to even ask why or how. Right, um, as usual with her. Because she's yeah. asked her, and she just happens to know everything. Actually, you know what? Hang on. Yeah, she rolled, God, she's rolling well. She sees that little bit of like uh, frustration in you, and like kind of like hesitation, and she says, "My dear, the last time he beat you, he beat you in front of two of my servants. Did you think they would not tell me?" Yes, of course. His training goes well, and he is strong. But I am the strongest. I am. I am the strongest magic wielder for my age that our family has seen in generations. Magic you cannot use to defend yourself, nor use to weaken him. You're not allowed to use this magic against your brother. You're not. You're actually, you're not allowed to use magic against another right Lindian. It's a very strict code. You're certainly not allowed to use it against your brother. So yes, you're powerful in magic, but what does that do to protect you? He is driven by jealousy and his own moronic anger. But one day his anger will carry him too far and he will He'll kill you. So we'll simply have to stop that. And she's kind of stood and her back's to you and you hear a popping and a crackling. And you just, and her arm kind of jets back in a weird way. And she begins to trace her finger through the air, etching a deep glowing scar in nothing as her hand moves along. As the head of your studies, you know well that magic is the energy formed from the tapestry of divinity, woven around Kalgun by the gods. And she's, she is not facing you, and she's continuing to draw these intricate lines, and it's forming a sphere. Again, apropos of nothing, just hovering in the air, and the energy is like, this glowing scar and the edges of it are burning cinders as she just draws in the middle of the air. And you can feel this magical energy pouring out of it, but it feels oppressive, like it's pushing down on you. When we cast magic, we borrow the energy to power our spells from this tapestry. For the vast powers we can bend to our command would surely destroy us otherwise. She turns and her jaw has descended about four inches, become unhinged and hangs open. Her eyes are glowing pits that kind of leak that same crimson energy that she's drawn in front of you. She speaks, but it's like a thousand voices. Her mouth doesn't move. They just seem to come from all around you. But there are other ways to harness power. and you gasp as she's suddenly at your side. She was just there, and now she's there. And she has your wrist in her hand, and she turns it just slightly, and you collapse to the ground in pain. In another a second, when, you're, when you open your eyes, she has 
this crackling orange dagger of energy in her hand and she has it right up to your throat. You've never seen her move that fast. You can't comprehend why she's so strong. And there is power which cannot be traced. And then she's just not there. She's back in her seat. She's sipping tea. There's nothing hovering in the air. It's just like there's like a, a breath of wind. The trees sway back and it's a beautiful, calm spring day. So I'm still on the ground at this point. Yes, absolutely. And she no, she sees that I'm on the ground. Yes. And she so and she was seemed... aware of the entire experience. That's not anything that absolutely that I imagined, or that some being had taken her over. Mm-hmm. Or at least she's not bothered by the fact that you're suddenly on the ground. Um, so I stand up, um, and I'm at this point ready to defend myself if I need to in some way, whatever I can. Uh, and I say. Uh, what are you? Oh dear, I'm your grandmother. I just simply have access to power that works outside of the rules you've learned thus far. I've made friends. Friends I'd like to introduce you to. Friends that I believe could help you fix some of the problems you've been facing lately and help us secure this city, secure power, and secure our future for generations to come. So this power that you wield, it can be learned? It can be bartered for. It can be taught. I can show you a great many things on my own. Teach me. Agreed. And she begins to teach you. You guys spend the next couple months working with this ability and it's every time you pull from it again it's like when you pulled magic you pulled from this tapestry of the weave it's not your power you're channeling other energy you were doing it through mage studies through reading and writing and scripting and harnessing magical energy basically by intense study that's how you used to cast magic now you cast magic almost innately like you're pulling it from beyond this world and the energy is being channeled through you. It feels more like it's being harnessed by you than by the words and the old texts. And because it flows through you, it empowers you. You've grown stronger, you've grown more agile, you've grown quicker, and you've grown into a much fiercer swordsman than you ever were before in a very short period of time, basically about six months. Your grandmother also shows you ways of harnessing this outer power within your own flesh, allowing you to enhance your speed and strength to supernatural levels for short periods of time. Once you've mastered these magics, you are taught how to draw your Pact Blade. The power you draw from the outside world can be tethered to the weave of this one, forming a permanent bridge between them with your flesh as the conduit. By doing so, you are able to forge this energy into any weapon you desire. Swords, axes, bows and arrow, anything. Each appearing instantly in your hands, born from a crackling blood orange energy that burns at the edges. 
So in addition to training in secret with your grandmother, you've also been keeping up your official studies as a mage. The pace has been exhausting, and when you do find yourself with an hour or so of free time, you'd like to walk to the top of the twisting walls and look out over the King's Sea. Ryland is an ancient city, older than the eldest cities of man, forged by the finest dwarven and elven craftsmen of the first age. Built halfway up the side of a dormant volcano, the city sits tucked against sheer cliffs of blackened stone wrung with a thin forest of ironwood trees, the only other place in the five kingdoms where they are known to grow. The smell of salt water is strong this morning as cold blasts of air are driven upward by the frothing surface of a dark and angry sea. Far off on the horizon, toward the capital city of Ani, a powerful thunderstorm seems to swallow the sky as bolt after bolt of violet, crackling light explodes across it. And before he even speaks, you can just feel your brother behind you. You can sense him there. I don't say anything until he says okay. something. Brother, daydreaming again. And he's like, you know, glistening in sweat. And he's got like, uh, you know, a, a sword cocked over his shoulder that, he's, that he pulls back and slams home. And he walks up and, you know, claps a hand on the back of your shoulder a little too hard, squeezes the back of your neck just a little too hard. Everything he does is a dick power move. I uh, step away from him just in a... In a Kind of a way to turn towards him as well, sure. but just out of out of the reach or out mm -hmm. of his out of his grasp, if I can. And he just lets his hand slide off, and he goes and leans on the battlements. Basically, you know, feels you physically there, but just pays you almost no attention whatsoever. And he's now looking out over the storm as well. I say, um, I say, yes, brother, daydreaming. Yes, well, I suppose you have to. I mean, someone's got to, and. He kind of leans over and you have a pack there and you've got a couple books with you, right? That he is flipping through them and casually tosses one to the ground. He's like, I suppose you have to entertain yourself somehow. You won't be in charge of anything. You won't be running anything. You certainly won't be leading the guard. So I suppose your studies and your books will keep you busy. And he kind of leans forward and just tries to pat you on the chest. I move back before he can touch me. All right, and then now he kind of turns and he steps forward and he starts advancing on you, you know, and goes to plant a finger straight in your chest. And he's like, there's not really much for you to suppose, brother. This is your place. This is where you belong. This is where you stay. And every time he, he's just jamming a finger into your chest and trying to drive you backwards. I say, brother, please do not touch me. I'm still very sore from my last training session. He, now he like kind of like cups the side, not hard, like moves in to hit you, but then at this at the last minute just kind of smacks you a little hard against the side of the face, and then throws an arm around your shoulder and pulls you in real tight. And he's like, "That was training, brother. Someone has to toughen you up. Got a nice." hold around your neck right now and it's uncomfortable and you hate him being this fucking close to you do i have my lines at this point no you don't okay just, just you okay, yep. just but you do have your sword how does one get out of a headlock 
I don't yeah. even know. Well, you could. I'd be totally uh, useless. In you fight. could push away. You could. Tr well, you could. He, you, he's grappling you right now, right. according to the rules. So you could physically try and break away. Uh, I'd like to break out of the headlock. All right. I don't need to be too gentle. Roll this and add strength. Uh, seven, and I don't know what's my strength. Uh, seven plus one. Plus one. So eight. eight. And I rolled an eighteen to fell with no bonuses. <laughs> That's great. Your your anger gets the best of you, and you go to struggle out of it. You you drop your cool completely, and you're like, get off, get off, you know. And he laughs, and he kind of just flips you around. And now he's now he's like got both arms kind of behind your back, and he's pulling back, especially where he wrenched your shoulder. There's a good deal of pain here, and then eventually just pushes you forward. I need a dexterity to save. Uh, 17. So you catch yourself from from falling flat on your face, and you turn around, and now you're about 10 feet from him, and he's kind of like doing that kind of walk and circle you, and he's like, "Come on, brother, that's just sad." I think it's time. I think it's time that I left. I think it's time that one of us leaves. Where will you go? And he's still kind of circling you. Where would you run to? I have studies to attend to. Perception. 14, and uh, I feel like I should have these memorized by now. That's okay. Uh, plus five? Yeah. So, so 19. there's, you kind of, as you're, as he's gloating and just being just dickhead McGee, right? You see pebbles rumbling on the footpath around you, and you see the trees on the hillside beginning to sway back and forth. So this uh, this power that I have been newly cultivating with Mother Aster, yes, uh, does it physically? So the channel through through me is it does it only increase? Does it increase my physical abilities, um, or does it just give me power to wield magic that I hadn't previously? There there are spells you can cast now that would increase your physical abilities. So you, you can like bolster your strength and bolster right. your speed and that kind of thing. So you right. use the magic to do it, but. But because you're casting it differently, it feels more just like you're calling it forth, as opposed to using the old scripts and text to weave from them, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to s start preparing, I guess, gathering power. Yeah. Um, because he's not going to touch me again. Fair enough. So what, what would you like to empower right now? Your strength, your dexterity, what would you like to do? Strength. Strength. Excellent. All right. So I would like you to roll one die four and add one. One die, so four plus what? Five. So you, Five. Your, your strength is temporarily at 19. So you feel your neck bulge, and you feel like every single muscle on your body tighten for a second. You don't get any bigger. You don't, there's no physical sign from this, except maybe that your veins are bulging everywhere, and like right, right in the middle of your forehead too, but you are suddenly incredibly strong. And your brother is still circling you and still taunting you. And he's starting to like close the circle. Like as he walks, he gets a little closer as he circles around you. I say, brother, do not touch me again. He laughs. He's got two swords at his side right now, right? One is his real sword and one is the wooden training sword that he uses with his men. He has now withdrawn that. It is a gorgeously carved blade. Like the amount of effort that went into the stupid wooden training sword probably took 10 men 100 hours each, right? Perfectly carved, got gorgeous little etchings in it, everything's hand painted, and he pulls it out and he's got it two inches from your face and he points to the one on your belt. Let's see, brother. Let's see what you've learned. Yes, 
Let's see. And I take out my sword. Excellent. Roll initiative. It's about 20, right? Yep. Six. Yeah, you caught him off guard. Your speed, uh, he only rolled a three. Oh, your wow. speed, uh, uh, your strength has given you an extra little boost, so I assume you charge him. Yeah. Oh, huh. yeah. Roll to hit. Is it D20 again? Yep. Roll to hit, is that strength or is that? So it's 10 plus 7. Cause that oh, because that's that a 7, so 17. 17 will hit him. Roll damage. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, roll, roll When you roll damage, roll a die 8 and okay. add 4. You've got a... No problem. I know. I should be giving you instructions. Even the times when we've actually played, right, yeah. have been the only times I've ever actually played, and I don't no, know. I've only I fought totally understand. Only yeah. Two. Two plus four? Yeah. So six. So you crack him across the face, and he kind of, like, you know, takes a step back. Across and, the face? Yeah, just like, yeah. boom. Just like caught him right across the face with, like, Fuck the him. flat of the blade. Well, it's a wooden blade, but, like, sure. the flat of it, right? And there's, like, a little trickle of blood, and he just kind of wipes away. He's like... You have been studying. And he goes into... Now, he is a trained warrior. You're just a sorcerer that's decent with a sword. So just so you know, this is what you're stepping into. All right? He is going to try and disarm you. So he's going to try and hit you first. And he did. So I need you to roll a strength check against DC 16. So that's um, 9. Plus, plus four. Plus 13. Okay, so he went for your weapon and he kind of cracked you right against your knuckles. So you drop the sword and he gets two attacks per round. So he's also going to swing for you. That has a natural 20. Oh boy. So he cracks you across the face. Five, 13, plus four. So 17 points of damage. He basically hits your knuckles, you drop the a blade, and then he just catches you right under the chin and spins you around. You are dazed. I need you to roll constitution. That's not good. Uh, four, 14. Okay, you stumble onto your hands and knees and he walks up and he just delivers a kick right to the side of your ribs, kind of flipping you over on your back and then stands above you and plants a boot on your chest and presses down hard and there's Pain. You feel your ribs that were just broken a little while ago by this asshole, you know, flare and it's hard to breathe and your face is all busted up and he's just laughing at you at this point. So I can channel power? Yes, you can. I'd like to channel more power. So what would you like to do? Well, right now, this is a power struggle between me and my brother, right? Yes. So running away is not really going to help me. Right. Uh, being underneath of him, being quick is probably not going to help me. So I'd probably just like to be stronger than him. Okay. Um, and well, plus the subjugation, you know, would be nice. All right. If I, yeah. So I'd like to, uh, yeah, I'd like to push him off. Roll yeah. strength. Come on. Beat a 16. So when I roll strength, I rolled an yes. 8 and my strength is 12. So you add, well, right now it's but 19, it's, so it'd be plus 4. So 8 plus, plus four. 4 is 12. You kind of wrap up his ankle. Yeah. And you are able to lift his foot, which startles him but he's able to like slip out, come back around, kick you across the face, and then just plants the boot right back on you. And he leans in now, so he's got like both arms on his knee, pressing down hard on your chest. And he's like, little brother, when will you learn? He leans in and slaps your face. Just give up. 
So I'd like to uh, call on a packed sword. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to summon, I want to summon a knife. Um, yeah. Uh, like uh, something that's really intimidating and not actually physically use it. Excellent. But I assume that I can bring my, you know, like summon it in my hand and wield it in a threatening manner. Oh, yes, you can. I would like you to roll intimidation and I'd like you to roll it with advantage because he's never seen this before. Okay. So, so 10 plus. 313. Okay and he rolled an 11. So yeah, he's startled by that and he kind of, he steps off you and steps backwards a few and he's like, brother, you know you cannot use magic, not against me, not against any Rylindian. And he's like looking at the, because he's never seen anything like this but, uh, before. And as he's stepping backward, he's pulling, he's dropped the training sword. He's pulling out his real sword now. I told you not to touch me. And I told you what the laws of this land are. You will come with me, brother. You are under arrest. I'm no longer taking orders from you. And then he just, so he's going after you again. So let's roll initiative. Three. Oh, he rolled a four. So he just goes first. So he's going to swing. He's trying to kill you now. He rolled a natural one. So he charges you with this blade. He, your brother is so fast. And with a real sword in his hands, he is terrifying. But just as he's about to get to you, you see this little flash of that same crimson energy just appear right before his foot to trip him up. He catches on it and goes face first down directly in front of you. I run a, um, directly in front of me. Yeah. I kneel down and put my uh, I put my knee directly on the back of his neck, like yep. the nape of his neck. Like yep. You see cops do with people. Yes, totally. Right? And then I hold my knife right to his neck. All right, I just want you to roll athletics. Three. With with, with advantage still because he, he fell. So you That's get one true. more. It's my life. <laughs> to, roll the, to roll the three again? Yeah. All right. So you kneel down on the back of his neck and you go to pull the knife under him, but his hand goes up and grabs your wrist, and he tries to flip you around. Roll strength and beat a 17. Uh, yeah, 17 for 21. So as he goes to push, you actually were able to, re to, re to reverse that. So now you're kneeling on his chest with his arms pinned back and the blade in your hand just staring into his eyes, and he's just filled with rage right now that you're able to overpower him. And he's screaming at you, and he's like, you will be cast out, you will never, ever, ever, ever set foot in this kingdom again. And he's just, just spitting rage at you. I have powers that you know nothing about that you could never possibly comprehend. I will defend this kingdom. I will be its heir. And I spit in his face, and then I like to try and kill him. As you're doing this, the whole hillside is beginning to rumble. I would like you to roll to hit. 12. Plus seven is 19. That'll definitely hit. I would like you to roll a die four twice and add eight. Uh, 12. Nice. All right. So you just slam the dagger deep just to the side of his neck and your blade crackles through and you see little shots of crimson kind of explode through his flesh as you drive it in and you see him gasp for air and you stand back and you can see this crackling energy start to expand through his chest. You're starting to see bricks collapse away and black smoke shoots at the, out of the top of what has been for millennia an inactive volcano but it appears to be not so anymore. The volcano of Rhineland is going off.
can I anticipate where the lava flow is going to be? When, when this volcano is going off, was it kind of like Mount St. Helen where we lost a section, so I kind of know that's where the flow is going right to? Right now, or? there's just like a like an explosion of black smoke upwards, and then you can start it, and then now you're starting to you know see lava ooze out of the top and coming down towards you. Your brother has flipped over onto his front and is trying to push himself up, but this energy is now like eaten into his shoulder and you can see bone sticking out and where his whole left side is kind of collapsing and he's trying to drag himself towards you and you can hear him beg as he's dragging himself. I'd like to walk over to him. He's on his back? He's No, he's, he, he's on his chest kind of dragging himself along with one arm. Okay, so um, I want to walk over to him, mm -hmm. grab him by the back of his shirt and start walking towards where the lava flow is. Okay, excellent. And you, you're still incredibly strong, so it's easy yeah. for you. And he's like, I'm just, I want to like, drag him though. I'm he's not... clawing at your arm and like, you know, screaming at you and you're just dragging him towards the lava. Well, it'll hit in this one area within one round. Uh, so <clears throat> I want to take him into the goalie I want to put him there, yep. and I want to watch him be consumed okay. by the lava flow. <laughs> Excellent. So you're just going to hold him there? Um, <clears throat> is there any way I can keep him there without actually physically being there? Yeah, sure. There's um, where this gully is formed. There's a lot of. There's obviously been a lot of runoff, right? So there's branches and other large pieces of wood you could basically break off and drive through them to hold them down if you wanted to. So I'm going to crucify him okay. on the ground. That's what I want to do. So, so I will spread his whatever he's, whatever's left of his left side, yep. but his right side, yep. right through the two bones in his in his wrist, yep. and then in um, the opposite foot. Yep. Um, through the so bones you hammer like him to the ground. Yeah, literally he's screaming, him to the ground. and there's this crackling of the lava, and then you just take a couple steps back and watch him be consumed. Yes. He goes slow. The lava does not move quick. He bursts into fire the second it hits him, but he starts on his legs, and it takes a good 30 seconds to get to his torso, at which point he just basically blacks out. And then you just watch his entire body just explode into flame and just burn and blacken and just eventually be completely consumed until there is nothing left. Not a scrap of cloth, not a piece of mail, nothing left of him whatsoever. God's Fall is written, produced, and edited by myself, Aram Vartian. If you want up-to-the-minute information about the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at God's Fall DC. Special thanks to our good friends at BattleBards for giving us access to their incredible catalog of richly produced sounds. Be sure to check them out at BattleBards.com. And a special thanks to all of our loyal Patreon supporters. Without you, this show could not continue. If you'd like to support God's Fall, get access to exclusive Patreon supporter content and get episodes of Season 3 before they're released publicly, head over to patreon.com slash godsfall. That's all from us this week. We have original maps, art, character sheets, and more on our website at godsfall.com as well as links to our Patreon account and official God's Fall t-shirts. So see you next time in the world of the Five Kingdoms.